Hello, and welcome to Create, Connect, Communicate, the EMG podcast. My name is Michelle Ponto, and I'm the content strategist here at EMG. On this episode, we're going to be talking about sustainability in the plastics industry, whether now is the time to be promoting it with everything that has happened this year, and how to let your B2B customers know how you can be helping them when launching a product at a trade fair is not possible at this time. I'm delighted to have joined me today the editor of Sustainable Plastics, Karen Laird. Before becoming the editor of this magazine earlier this year, Karen was the editor of Plastics News Europe and has worked as a translator, journalist, and editor in the plastics industry for over 30 years. So Karen, welcome to our program today. Hi, it's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I have so many questions for you on sustainability, so I'm going to jump right in on them. I noticed this year, earlier this year, you launched Sustainable Plastics. Tell me a little bit about that and why now was the right time to launch this publication. Well, that's a really good question. I think we should go back to the plastics industry has not had an easy time of it over the past few years, as you're probably well aware. And um, as the awareness about the mismanagement of plastic waste and the impact of that on the environment has grown, so has public outrage about these highly visible impacts, especially, for example, in the case of marine pollution, that's also increased. That's one problem that plastics is facing. Uh, there's another aspect to be taken into consideration that would be carbon emissions. Now, they're not nearly as visible as plastic waste, but their effect on the climate of the earth is very evident. At least most thinking people think that human activities are causing the shifts in climate that we've been seeing. Now, the plastics industry, of course, is one of the contributors to this, as it is based on oil. In that connection, too, there's the realization that oil is a finite resource. So while we don't exactly know what the oil reserves are, it's going to be depleted at some point in the future. So altogether, it's, it's been a mindset shift. It's a realization we can't go on like this. Something has to give. And the plastics industry started taking steps to address these issues and to address these, these problems. And it's, it's a, a process that is fascinating to watch. And it's something that we felt we should be tracking and reporting on instead of being just a general plastics uh, publication. We wanted to look at what's really going on. What are the most important things that we're seeing in the plastics industry right now? That is the shift towards a more sustainable industry. Does that, I think that answers your question. Yeah, that definitely answers my question. And I know you launched it in January and then the COVID crisis hit, but I've noticed you still had a lot of growth on your, your social media and LinkedIn feeds where people, people were tuning in, they were still interested in sustainability during this time and, and getting their news online through you? Yes, because I think, as I just pointed out, the various issues that triggered the transition throughout the industry, they haven't gone away because of the coronavirus. In fact, the coronavirus has affected it in, in two ways. One is we've been using more and more disposable plastic. So the realization that we really have to find a solution to that is, is evident to everybody. And in the second place, on a more 
um, macro level, I suppose. People have realized that our relationship with nature, to put it like that, it sounds very airy-fairy, but I don't mean it that way. Um, if you take away natural habitats of animals and continually encroach on their habitats, we're going to have more contact with them and more opportunity for this sort of epidemic to develop. So we need to be more careful. We need to take care in our relationship with, yeah, with the earth, as it, as it were. So that's, that's no, very true. yeah, so sustainability, it has not gone away. It's, it's very, very important. And another thing, I don't know, you, you've probably also noticed, but there have been calls for a green recovery so, of course, our economies have been severely impacted by this crisis that nobody saw or nobody could even imagine was going to happen. But it's a chance. It's an opportunity. Let's not go back to the way we were. Let's start and let's make it a green recovery. And this, these are voices that are coming from, from consumers, but also from European level. So that's very encouraging. That is very encouraging and very positive. It yeah. kind of leads me right into my next question because a lot of our clients have been asking, is it time to go back to sustainability? Should I start promoting it? Or are people not ready to start talking about it again and start moving forward towards this green recovery? But you're saying that yes, people are already, or at least consumers are, are talking about it, that it's time to move forward. Are you seeing an increase in press releases coming in from the plastics industry talking about sustainability again? Uh, yes, I have, to be quite frank. But this is a trend that, that continued throughout the COVID crisis as well. I mean, of course, we were absolutely flooded with news about people making face masks and hand sanitizer. But even then, there was this emphasis on having to do it in a responsible way using recycled materials or trying to recycle the bottles that, for example, hand sanitizer was being produced in, also because there was a shortage of bottles. But I mean, still, they were talking about recycling. So um, no, I, I've, I've, I've continued to see this emphasis on circularity and on sustainability. Actually, that's very encouraging to hear that even when the world was in a crisis mode and not really thinking about sustainability, the plastics industry was helping, but still had that sustainability in the background saying, okay, we need to help, we need to step up, but we're still going to try to do it in a way that, in the best way that we can, that would be good for the circular economy at the end with the recycled bottles, with the different types of materials. How are the topics changing now? And I, I can see with our clients that they're moving forward, thinking of uh, what are we going to do for the fall? I'm assuming some of the face mask kind of press releases have calmed down a little bit. What kind of topics are popular now, both with the press releases coming in and with your readers? What are they looking for? I'd say there's a lot of um, emphasis on recycling at the moment, so um, which is not really surprising when you look at the very ambitious plans that the European Union has developed. And we're all going to have to comply with with those new rules and new regulations. So people are thinking about how to secure a supply of recycled material, how to safeguard the quality of that material, how to develop new technologies 
to um, be able to recycle materials that were difficult to recycle or impossible. Um, I would say that quite a lot of the material coming in at the moment deals with these issues. Um, interestingly, I just also received today <laughs> a press release from one company that has developed a, a, gla a glass filled material and it's using recycled glass now instead of virgin glass, which is interesting. It's post-industrial recycled glass, but still it's recycled. So that was a new one for me. What I've also been getting a lot of news about has been research into alternatives, alternative polymers, um, alternative technologies to make uh, new polymers or old polymers in a new way. So there is a huge amount of development going on. People are aware that this is necessary and they're, and they're doing it. I'd like to say that um, we're here to get that news out. We can do this for companies who are now in a difficult situation that they cannot go to trade fairs. They cannot have the kind of launching events that they normally do, but we're the media. So we can offer platforms that can help people get their information out to the audience they're looking for. So in addition to the press release, because I know a, a lot of our clients are still sending off the press releases, and we know you do social media where you're promoting the press releases and the news that you're doing. What are some of the other new platforms or different ways that our clients or clients within the plastic industry can use you, the media, to get their information out there? What other channels can they be using? Well, Sustainable Plastics has uh, multiple platforms and we can support companies who are looking to align brands, to raise their profiles and to help them. We, well, we can help them be seen as thought leaders in their respective fields. For example, through a white paper. Companies are welcome if they have a specific expertise or, or knowledge or experience or whatever, they can submit their report or a white paper or, 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 or any other document, which we can, for example, put on our website, but then we can notify our readers that it's there. And we can also promote that via the weekly newsletter, for example. And you can say, well, how many people do you reach? Right now we have 29 and a half thousand subscribers. So that is a considerable audience beyond a company's own customer base that can potentially be reached in that way. And it's so, very targeted. Yeah, yes. So that makes sense. Yeah. So then it's, it's almost, um, so they, they do the press release, they get some exposure that way, they'll get some social media, some more exposure that way through your audience, and then a white right. paper can increase this exposure even more, exactly. re-emphasize it. Yeah, but I mean, it's not just white papers. We can do webinars. We can do a custom live stream. Uh, we've got a series called Ask the Expert. And um, in that case, it, it's, it's more or less a, an interview with one of us. And the company then can just, um, yeah, it, it, has, it's, it, it has our, it's using our platform to distribute it, to get its message out. Okay. So and then these, it reaches are, it in, in a very right. different way. And we've seen webinars and these live expert type of interviews have been very, very popular when we're looking at statistics on, uh, on social media. People are loving them. 
that's where yeah. they are right now. That's the only way they're getting their information. Exactly. And they don't always want to read. They want to, they want to listen. They want to see, they want to talk. <laughs> they want exactly. to ask a question to the expert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that works. These are things that we can offer next to the, uh, well, of course, I mean, you've got the website banners and the newsletter banners and all these things. I mean, that goes without saying, but we've just tried to develop new channels to provide these opportunities simply because, well, we too, we're, we've been denied the same opportunities the companies have. So we've had to go after them and to find ways for them to reach us and for us to reach them. This and in a way it's a win-win because um, your readers need to get the information. These customers, these B2B producers or plastics producers, they need to get their information out there. And you right. need to find interesting ways to be competitive and keep your customers engaged with sustainable plastics. And these are new channels to do it. So it's exactly. a nice evolution. It is. It is. And um, I can say it's a new way of thinking as well because it's far more targeted. It's, and it also is very time saving, I should say. I've traveled so much less these past few months. It's been, in that sense, it's also been restful. It's, it's, also, it's also challenging because you have to learn how to talk with people on a screen. Some people are shy. Uh, some people say, oh, I don't have anything to say. But everybody has something to say, especially if you're an interesting company doing interesting work. You're developing new things that people want to know about. So tell us. We want to know. Yes, and the thing is, they've done it before. This is, we're working with our clients all the time on how they can be using, using these tools. How can they be prepared to do a webinar with you? How can they be engaging in one of these interviews? And we know they can do it because if they were at a press conference, at a trade fair, they would be comfortable and they would be doing it. The only difference is now is they're in their house. <laughs> talking to you yes. on a camera, but it, they, yes. they know it. They, it's their content. We, you know, we prepare the same talking points for them. We, we rehearse with them. Everything is comfortable. Yes. At, but they reach you and they reach your audience at the same time. And I'm assuming you have like a lead capturing kind of way so that you know how many people are coming in for them and, and you kind of give them yes. all these statistics. Yes. So, and this is data that is, um, if you, if we do things like a, a live stream with, with someone, then we make that data obviously available to them so that they know, yeah, who they've reached or what the impact has been. So let's turn it around a little bit. So now we know how people can get the news to you or get the news out to your audience. The other question we're having is how can they get the news to you? Because like I said, they're used to having these in-person press conferences. How about virtual press conferences? Is that something more that you're seeing? We've, we've done a few in China and they've been very successful there and a few in the US. How about in Europe? Are you seeing any uh, virtual press conferences or would that be something that would be interesting to you guys as editors? That would be definitely be interesting to us as editors because um, then we have the, the opportunity to ask questions because a press release is fine and then you can contact the person sending the release at the bottom of the release. It always has a contact person. But as you listen to somebody speaking, there's, there's questions that always leap to mind and that you want to ask then, now. So it, a press conference would be great because then we could get that answered right away. And 
a press conference is also great for collecting quotes, for example. Um, what I've been attending a lot of are these webinars. They've been really interesting, a lot of them. People have had to practice. So, I mean, in the beginning, there was a lot of uh, experimentation also for some online conferences, learning how to space talks. Uh, in a normal conference, you get up, you have coffee, you go out and network with people, and, and that's different in, on a di in a digital uh, environment. Um, so some, in the very beginning in March, I attended one that just went on for eight hours. Now that was a little bit much, but people are now starting to learn actually how to do this and what works and what doesn't. So um, that's, all, that's also another way we get information. So when you're attending these online conferences virtually, is it done similar as a normal conference would be? Like, for example, when you were coming to the, the case show and we knew you were going to be there, we made sure that we would tell you, make sure you attend this session because we're going to be talking about this and this is, we kind of tried to get you on the radar of the things that we thought would be the best or most interesting for you. Are you getting that kind of stuff or are you having to scope out and try to figure out which sessions do I want to attend? Which ones can, should I pop into? Yeah, that, that's been more difficult to figure out. So it's having to get the program in advance, having to mark the times and to know when to tune in and when not. It's trickier. Mm -hmm. But what I found to be very effective are the relatively small scale events. So one or two talks, because I also find that um, attending a digital conference somehow requires more attention than a physical one. You're concentrating harder in some way, because I guess because you're staring at a screen. So you're really focused, uh, which is good, but it means that after, after one or two of these focused events, you've, you've really had enough actually for the afternoon. For me personally, that's important that people understand that it's not, you cannot simply pivot to a digital environment. You do have to make some modifications to make it appealing and to make sure that everybody's still paying attention. Without doubt, it's, it is a marvelous invention. I mean, where would we be without it? I think it's even going to improve because as you said, the first ones you attended were too long and they're learning the ropes. I yes. think the next phase will be making sure that it is interesting and, and engaging with people so that you probably will see hopefully less just static PowerPoint presentations because you are, it's easier to engage when you can see people moving. Exactly. It's easier, yeah. There's just to make it more, more like humanize it a little bit. So I think yes. we'll see more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping we'll a little see bit more, more interaction, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I'm hoping for that too. So we are, we're getting close to the end of our questions here. There's so many I, I want to ask you, but I want to make sure we get this one in before we end this podcast. So I want to talk a little bit about the fall because I know there's going to be more online conferences, but are there any other conferences coming up that our audience really needs to be aware of, especially if they're interested in recycling or sustainable plastics or or anything in, in your area? That's a very good question. At the end of October, we are organizing our annual plastics recycling show, the European Plastic Recycler Show. As it now stands, that will be a physical event at the Rai in Amsterdam. 
because the Rai has said the show must go on, we are prepared to take all the uh, precautions, um, complying with all the safety measures uh, prescribed by the government, and um, the government feels that it's safe to hold the show. We're looking forward to that. It was postponed for March. Up till now, it's been an extremely popular show. It's grown from strength to strength every year. And it was set to be the biggest ever before Corona hit, of course. So we're very curious as how that's going to play out in October. Of course, we can't predict what the world's going to look like in October. But with travel opening up and people going back to work and the schools opening, yeah, we feel we're going to try and make sure that it goes ahead. Um, Are they doing anything special for this one? Um, yes. What's the name of this one? It's Recycling something. P-R-S-E, the Plastics Recycling Show Europe. And it's a show that we um, organize annually together with Plastics Recyclers Europe. That's the European Organization for Recyclers in Brussels. So, so are they planning to have, just in case, people are like, for example, what if the US doesn't open up? So those people, like Amsterdam is a very strategically placed city because the airport is so convenient for people over the world to get to. But if yes. the US doesn't open up or they're not allowed in yet, are they planning to do a mix of online and in-person kind of advanced yes. to make sure? Okay, yes. so it's gonna be a hybrid. It's going to be a hybrid. We're going to have far more live streams to give the um, exhibitors more exposure from the show floor. There are going to be such measures as a certain number of people are going to be allowed to be in one place at a certain time, so in the halls. We're still working on a lot of the details there together with the uh, Rye. Um, as you pointed out, the Americans maybe won't be able to come. It is the Plastics Recycling Show Europe. So our audience and our exhibitors, our visitors, have predominantly been Europeans up till now. So that is one problem, le one less problem. Yeah. But as I said, we will be mixing in digital with the physical to make sure that everybody knows what's going on. For those who don't feel that it's responsible to come or are nervous or the numbers are full, whatever, we're going to be making sure that everybody's up to date and can attend in some way. But that's, that's still exciting as an exhibitor because it looks, it seems, I'm sure you guys are still talking about things because it's only July now. Right. But it, it might open up different opportunities for them to exhibit. They might be able to exhibit virtually or have different ways to promote a product launch because you have the, both the live and the, and the in-person happening. Well, exactly. We obviously can't predict what the world will look like at the end of October. If we have a vaccine, we'll, there'll be a lot less problems with people coming or going or doing if we get a second wave of the disease, then, then we're going to have to go completely digital. Uh, nobody can tell at this moment, everything is still up in the air. So we're trying to plan for every contingency, <laughs> which makes things very complicated. But on the other hand, it opens up, as you said, a lot of opportunities to try new things. And I mean, just imagine what audience we can reach. 
by doing things digitally as well, far more than just the, the, the few thousand that come to Amsterdam. We can, we can go out, we can reach the world. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's new and it's, it's amazing. So we're looking forward to it. Yes. Well, we're out of time. So I just kind of want to summarize some of the points that we went through. So uh, sustainability is still in everyone's mind. People should still talk about it. People are still talking about it, but they're talking about it in new ways. It's now press releases, the social media, the webinars you guys are doing, the Ask the Expert interviews, lots of new channels opening up. So if they want to talk about it, the channels are there and ready for them to explore and try them out with you. And then even with you guys, virtual press conferences are still exciting. It's still a way to get to have those one-on-one -on -one questions with them and, and get your answers out there. And conferences are coming back with new, exciting, different types of options. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. And for those of you who are listening, don't forget to follow Sustainable Plastics on LinkedIn and Twitter, as well as the EMG social media feeds. And tune in again next month for another exciting Create, Connect, Communicate podcast.